Hey folks, welcome back to Holy Spirit Soapbox. I'm your host, Dan, once again, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you all for the prayers. I do have a prayer request that I would like to pass along to everybody. This person is in Indonesia, and they emailed us. And, and the way that they scripted this email was really beautiful. It was a prayer. And they prayed to God, and I joined along with them in that prayer. And it's for a person that they care about. I could tell they care and love this person a lot. And they want this person to find Jesus. They want this person to find God so that they can be more fulfilled. And then they could show love back to that person. So please pray for them to seek Jesus more and more so that they can be more loving. I also have another prayer request here in the States now uh, from somebody in Massachusetts. And they're asking that their two sons can find Jesus Christ. They love their sons so much as well, and they just don't want to know God. They don't know Jesus. They don't want to know Jesus. They think they don't need Jesus. So let's pray for them. Keep them in your prayers, please. We we know that prayer works. We know that God listens to us. We know that he loves every single one of us, and we know that he's merciful, and we know that he's, he's going to guide everybody back to him. So Let's keep them in our prayers, please. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then thank you again for continuing to pray for us and praying for the Holy Spirit Soapbox and continue to reach these far places like Indonesia and China and all these places that that we never thought we'd be able to reach. So thank you so much. Now, I have a riddle for you. This is how we're starting this off. We're We're going right in here, okay? Here's the riddle. If two baseball teams... Pray for their team to win at the beginning of the game where they're facing off against each other. Which team would God answer? Hmm. I know most people might be like, oh, the one with the least amount of sins or the most amount of Christians on the team or one that just God favors today. I don't know. The answer is both easy and complex. And it's none of those, by the way. <laughs> That's not the answer to, the, to that riddle. We first have to understand free will the best that we can, okay? And as we know, God has a will that is perfect, and we have free will. And free will gives us the ability to choose, but it also gives God a choice to make His will be done. And I couldn't think of a better free will analogy here, so I'll partially steal and enhance C.S. Lewis's analogy on free will according to an excerpt from his amazing book, called Mere Christianity. I highly suggest that book. It really breaks down Christianity in a a logical sense. Okay, so Mere Christianity. I'm stealing this from C.S. Lewis. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Again, try to stay with me here. Let's pretend there's a parent with two children. The parent represents God, and the children represent us, humans. The parent's will is for the children to clean up their playroom. That's the parent's will. Clean up the playroom. The children have the freedom or free will to clean it up or not. Now, the parent can give hints and or gifts and or loving wrath (laughs) that we just went over, loving wrath recently, to ensure that the parents will be done, that their will be done. But either way, the parents will is for the children to clean up the playroom. And that never changes and it will eventually happen. Now, I hope this clears up a little bit about what will is. So God's will be done. Your thy will be done. When we say that, we want God's will to be done, whatever his will is. Now, his overall overarching will is for all of us to be in heaven with him. That's what his overall will is. 
His will be done. Now, how it gets there, whether we want to participate in that or we whether we want to clean up the playroom or not, it's going to happen. Doesn't matter. Okay? So now, let's go back to the riddle that I had at the beginning. Let's pretend each of those children want a specific gift for themselves. They both ask their parent for the gift that they want. The parent's will is still that they want the playroom to be cleaned up. It hasn't changed. The parent may know that one of the children is usually really great at cleaning up, but might be fussing on this day. They might be a fussy kid, okay? That parent may still give that child the gift that they want because they know that they want the parent's will to be done. So want to continue to encourage their faith and love for the parent. There's also the opportunity where maybe a relative comes over and gives the gift regardless of if they've cleaned up the playroom. Maybe an aunt comes over and is like, here's the gift that you asked for regardless if the playroom's already cleaned up, if that parent's will is already done. The child still gets their gift, but the playroom is still not cleaned up. Hopefully I haven't lost you yet, okay? Basically what I'm trying to do is go back to this riddle, right? One of the baseball teams we discussed will most likely win the game. Right, The gift that I'm talking about in my second part here, the gift that the child's asking for, is the win. They want to win the baseball game. And maybe a relative came over and gave them the gift. Maybe a relative, somebody else gave them that win. right? Or maybe God still gave them the win. But does that mean that God answered their prayer? Maybe. Maybe is the answer. There are three reasons as to why one baseball team got the win, and the other didn't, okay? Number one, God may have answered that team's prayer because he knows there are players on the team that attribute that win to glorifying God first and will continue to spread the gospel and participate in God's will. They may, every time they win a game, if they prayed about it, they're like, God did this. God allowed us to win. This is all glory to God. I don't know, okay? So this is number one. Number two, God may have allowed that team to win because it might lead more to participate in his will or strengthen their faith and trust in him. So let's just say there are the majority, 99% of these baseball players on this team are faithful. They're Christ followers. They're really glorifying God. And then there's that 1% that's not. They might see that, wow, we prayed or they prayed about this game. And now all of a sudden I'm I'm in. I'm wondering if this really was God that made us win. I don't know. Another situation... Plus, the other team that lost might need to stop putting their faith into the outcome of games to determine their faith. If they're putting all their faith into like, well, if we win this game, I'm going to love God more. But if I lose this game, I'm going to love God less. I don't trust him anymore. That's not a good way to look at it. So maybe this is a form of a test or so or something to show, hey, this is a lesson. Don't put your faith in these games. Okay, so that's the second reason. The third reason, God may have allowed that team to win because it actually doesn't matter, according to his will. It really doesn't matter, and the team just outplayed the other team with no intervention from God altogether. It could have just not mattered at all. And it's most likely that one. It's most likely the fact that it's baseball, right? Baseball doesn't really matter. No offense to you baseball fans out there. It really doesn't matter. So the truest answer is we don't know God's mind, but we know his heart and we know the gospel. The two teams are actually praying in vain. They really are. If you're praying for my team to win, you're praying in vain. 
we usually think that taking God's name in vain is just to say things like, oh my, you know, G-O-D, or saying his name with no actual attempt to be talking to God, you know, just using his name. Praying in vain might include that, okay, but also means to pray for something in your will with no regard for God's will. That's what it means to be using God's name or Jesus' name in vain, is to be praying for something in your will with no regard for God's will. To treat God like a genie, to grant your wishes that have nothing to do with continuing to spread God's love in the gospel. That's praying in vain. Now we can, however, ask God for gifts. He says this, and can ask with the intent that we plan to utilize that gift to participate in helping his will be done. Let's pretend... We pray that we can win this baseball game because if we win this baseball game, we get this massive check of money and the money that we will use, we'll use the entire check to build a community church or you know something like that. I'm just, I'm just making up examples here, but you can ask God for a gift, speaking in tongues, whatever it is, ask God, ask God for, for healing powers, ask God for these different gifts, but you want to use them for God's will to be done and you want to use them to glorify God and not glorify yourself. Now, if one of the children asks for the gift because it'll somehow help the room to be cleaned up, and it actually would, however that may be, you know, it actually would help the room be cleaned up, the playroom, as we talked about earlier, that parent will probably grant them that gift. Maybe like, I need a broom. I want the gift of a broom so I could sweep this playroom. I need the gift of a vacuum, a new vacuum, so I can really clean, deep clean this playroom. The parent might give them that gift. The same way we can ask for the gift of, like I said, speaking in tongues or to heal somebody. It's not for self, but it's to maybe help others understand the gospel in a tongue that people don't really know or to heal someone to glorify God because people seeing somebody getting risen from the dead, I mean, that's a really good way to get people to be like, wow, God might exist, (laughs) you know? And that's why it happened many times in the Bible where Peter and John got paralytics up on their feet and walking around and got people risen from the dead. Paul did the same thing with the child when he fell out of a window to glorify God, not glorify Paul, not glorify Peter, not glorify John, not use those gifts for themselves, but to use the gift to glorify God. Now, this episode is not about asking for gifts. I don't want to discourage you from asking for gifts, but it's not about asking for gifts. This is about understanding this, that we have a will, but we have to understand that God's will is perfect, period, and that we should really align our will with his and not the opposite. We like to make God walk with us instead of us walking with him. There's a difference there. We like to say, to just ask him to grant wishes like a genie. Please, 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 please. I I would love this. And and that, again, it's okay. Going to the parent as a child, you want that relationship where you feel comfortable to go to the parent and ask for for, for that gift. However, if your will is for God's will to be done, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Now we're not putting our our satisfaction and our contentment into things that we want. There's if we align our will with God's, 
It's perfect. Why? Because God's will being done is the best thing that can happen to and for us. Period. If God's will happens, and it will, by the way, and we align with that will, we're golden. We're good. We have eternal life. We are going to be perfect. So for each of those baseball teams to go back to this same riddle, if the baseball teams would say, God, when they're praying, we would love to have a win today so we can glorify you, but let your will be done. God's will will be done. And God may answer it in the way that he wants to answer. He might be like, yeah, here's the win because I know you're going to glorify me on TV or you're going to glorify me for this win or whatever it is. He might still grant that and say, yeah, absolutely, you should win. They'll give them a little extra pep today in their bats, you know, and they might hit a couple more home runs or something. I don't know. We don't know God's mind and why he grants certain gifts at what time. But we know his heart and his heart is for all of us to participate with him, and to not lose his lost sheep. There are lost sheep out there. He wants everybody back. He loves us so much. He wants us back. Now, I hope it didn't confuse you more than you already were about God's will versus your will. But we have to understand that God loves us so much that he gave his only son to die on that cross and they get resurrected so we can conquer death and we can be with him forever. Okay, that we can lay all of our sins and all of our pain and all these things down at his feet, not to win baseball games. Okay, and it's great to win baseball games or football games or get your favorite toy, get your favorite car, get your favorite house and or whatever it is in the place that you want to live. That's all great. That's all cool stuff, right? But let's start to align our will with God's will. Let's start to say, God, seriously, let your will be done. No matter the circumstance, let your will be done. Whether we win or lose today, let your will be done. Whether we get paid today, let your will be done. Whether we eat today, let your will be done. We would love these things, of course, but let your will be done. Your will is perfect for me. Your love is your will is perfect for them. Your will is perfect for all of us. So let your will be done. Now I want to give you a couple verses to meditate on and let's read them together, okay? So if you have a Bible, feel free to read along with me. Okay, the first one is John chapter 7, verses 16 to 18. It says this, Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth there is nothing false about him. Basically, what he's saying here is that all these people that were blaming him and saying, you're wrong and demons are possessing you and all these things. He's like, he's like, seriously, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether I'm, I'm a liar or not. We'll find out whether my teaching comes from God or not, or if I'm trying to glorify just myself. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who see seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. You can't blame me. Because if you knew your scriptures, if you knew God's heart, if you know who God is, you'll know that I'm the Messiah. 
Here's your second verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, His will is perfect, good, and pleasing. And if you don't seek the world like winning a baseball game, if you don't conform to the pattern of this world and, and, and transform by renewing your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Here's your third verse. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The opposite of being foolish is being full of wisdom, and the only way we get wisdom is through God and God's word. So understand what the Lord's will is, and you will know wisdom. Next verse, or final verse, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verses 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you set your eyes on Christ, when you set your will, your free will, to be given to God, to be God's will to be done, you will rejoice always. You will pray continually, and you'll give thanks in all circumstances. That's God's will because you will know joy and you will know hope and you will know peace and you will know love if you're wanting, if your will is for God's will to be done. You will rejoice, you will pray continually, and you'll give thanks in all circumstances because that is God's will for you. He wants that for all of us. He wants all of us to, to feel that, to feel the joy, hope, peace, and love. Finally, a couple questions for you. Here are your three questions. Question number one. These are all in the description, by the way. (laughs) Question number one is this. How has this episode changed your view on what free will is? If at all. Hopefully it did. Hopefully this clarifies some things for you. But how has this episode changed your view on what free will is? Question two. Think of previous requests that you've had for God. Do you feel they were for your will to be done or God's? That's a biggie. Question number three, what are some ways that you can align your will with God's will? I want to thank you once again for joining in today. Thank you for praying for our brothers and sisters and those that are not brothers and sisters in Christ yet. Let's continue to pray for everybody on this earth so that everybody can seek Jesus. I would love to pray over all of us and close us out here. So if you can take your prayer posture, if it's safe to do so, please do. Please join me in prayer and let's talk to God. Our Father, when we say your kingdom come and your will be done, we mean it. We know your will is perfect and is to be done for us to enjoy our lives here on your created earth and then in heaven. You want for us to participate with you in spreading your love and your gospel, but know that our selfishness can get in the way of participating with you. We pray you can provide to us your words that we need to continue to understand your heart and the role or the roles that you have for us here on earth and to ask for you to protect us from praying, saying, and and doing things in vain. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.